Wow. Here we go. <laughs> Episode two, season one. You know, it might help if I turn the record on. <laughs> oh, learn something new every day. Okay. Uh, we're looking at salvation in regards to this episode. I would like to share a little bit about my beginnings. <laughs> the beginning of the year where it was snowy and cold. I was born in a private hospital. I was fortunate at the time my parents were together and my dad married my mom. And so they were together at the time and it was time for me to come along. And I remember when I was a little girl, I asked my mother how I got my name. And she said, well, when it was time for you to come, your dad drove me to the hospital and the radio was on and Johnny Mathis came on and he was singing this song. And in the song, he said, Misty. And I said to your dad, I turned to him and said that if she is a girl, we're going to name her Misty. And my name is Misty, and that's that, okay? <laughs> I had, for the most part, I, I had a I had a really good childhood. Um, there were some bumps in the beginning. I remember my parents separating, me not understanding what was going on. They had taken me, someone had took me to the neighbor's house across the street. <clears throat> and uh, I remember standing at the doorway looking across the street at my house to see if I saw my mother or my father come out the door or any kinds of activity at all. Um, and then I got tired of standing there, and uh, I, I went, and I don't know what I went and did, but I was really young. I was very, very young. My mother ended up sharing custody of me with my, my dad, and as I got a little older, she had, she was a, Really, really, she was, in the beginning, she was real popular. She was a socialite. And, um, however, as the years passed, her character changed for a couple of reasons. Shortly after the divorce was finalized and joint custody was granted, my mother began to fall out and have these shaking, and now I know it to be, they were seizures. And when she was taken to the hospital, they had determined that she had a brain tumor. 
Well, of course, the brain tumor had to come out, and uh, through uh, the the primitive surgery they did at that time, and so I just remember just short snippets of you know being in a hospital hallway or seeing the scar on my mother's head after the surgery. Um, different little things. However, I remember that there was a change in her behavior. And I personally believe, looking back on everything over the years, is that when they removed the tumor, they removed a little bit more of her brain matter than was necessary you know, it, it would have just took a little um, a microbe of it, just something that you'd have to see under a microscope. Because her behavior changed, she became more withdrawn and um, less social. And What ended up happening was that she ended up getting a job with a church as the church secretary. My mother was very smart. And uh, <laughs> she was very beautiful. My mother was very tall, like 5'11", maybe even 6 feet tall. And she had creamy white skin. Uh, they say she was French. I'm not sure, but she had long, cold black hair. And she had a stunning smile and gorgeous eyes. And she was my mother. <laughs> I remember that. This is the reason why I'm bringing up that my mother worked in a church. Because when I went to visit her, of course, that's where she was a member, was at the church she worked at. And I would go with her. And when it was time for the sermon, of course, when I was a lot younger, I was about four, five six maybe at this time between four and six years old and it was time for the sermon they would have the children go to Sunday school oh we love Sunday school yeah and this is I, I want to talk with all the those who are youth workers with the, the Sunday school that is such an extraordinary time. And and I want to point it out because this is one place where is an opportunity for to explain who the Lord is and to explain how he wants to 
know us personally through prayer and getting to know him, even when we're children. And it's really important because at that time, it was they. It was all about coloring, you know, coloring little pictures and you know of the characters in the Bible and you know because we were so young, it was like one sentence, you know, and we'd write the sentence out or, however, my mother was a member of that church for years and. So I attended the Sunday school all the way until I was like in junior high. So I was there for years. And as a prime opportunity to plant seeds in that young person so they can want to have that desire in them to accept the Lord as their their Lord and Savior and then be brought up in the ways of the Lord according to his word. This is a prime opportunity. For me, I can say, because this is my experience, it was missed. I totally believe it. It was missed because... The youth workers didn't really, even when I was seven, eight, nine years old, didn't really ever sit and talk about, you know, what what is the Lord? What does that mean to us? What is, you know, the Bible? What does his word mean to us as personal? Or, and I really believe a genuine opportunity was missed there with me for a youth worker, a youth pastor to say, Misty, do you want to know the Lord for your Lord and Savior? Do you want to invite him into your heart and learn how to get to know him? I was never asked that question. And I believe, I know for a fact, that was a major turning point in my life. Fast forward some years now. I managed to graduate from high school by the hairs of my chinny chin chin. However... I ended up becoming a teenage mom. And back in when I was growing up, being a teenager and being pregnant was a taboo. And my dad, because by this time he had full custody of me, had no idea what to do. I didn't tell him. Uh, until I was about five months pregnant, I was wearing, uh, I was in love with some blue jean overalls. And that's literally all I wore after I was about three months pregnant was 
I had all kinds of tops, but my blue jean overalls, I was wearing them. <laughs> I loved them. They were so comfortable. Anyway, um, yeah, when my dad found out I was pregnant, that really was something. Like I said, it wasn't, it was, it was still taboo in that, those days and times. And, um, unfortunately, prior to that, my dad and I were not speaking with each other. I was a teenager. Uh, my dad did not know how to raise a female teenage girl. And I've come to realize in hindsight, you know, because hindsight is twenty twenty, hindsight is perfect, that a person can't give what they don't have. And my dad just did not know. He didn't have it in him on how to deal with this teenage teenager. So communications stopped between us, and I pretty much did what I wanted to and uh, ended up meeting this man that was over the age of 18, and he caught me at a really vulnerable time in my life. Um, I was 12 years old, and I had been out riding my bike. I loved riding my bike. And it was raining that day, and I remember I was over in what we called the inner city. Uh, I came out from the parkway. My dad owned a home outside of the inner city, and we youth back then distinguished the two by one was the parkway and one was the inner city. Uh, my mother owned a home in the inner city. And usually if I was getting in any trouble, it was in the inner city. So that's where I'd go. And this particular evening, I had ridden right past my mom's house. Um, for some reason, I didn't stop and go in. I couldn't, I couldn't get home fast enough to my dad's house because, like I said, it had been raining and it was getting dark and uh, I needed to get home because I was cold, getting wet. So I made it home and... My dad was sitting there on the couch as I crept <laughs> in through the back door. Come on now, how many know that when we getting in trouble as kids, uh, if we had the liberty to be outside, we'd come in the back door. <laughs> and I caught myself creeping in, and I knew the living room light was on because I could see it as I walked through the kitchen, and I peeked my head around the corner, and I saw my dad sitting there on the couch, and 
he had this very solemn look on on his face. And um, he said, come on, let's go. And I thought to myself, I ain't going nowhere with you. But see, you need to understand, my, my dad was a very, um, he was a big guy. He was 6'2", and he, at times, he'd weigh over 200 pounds. And uh, so when you're, you know, like 100 pounds, 110 pounds, and about 12 years old, you, you're not going to really try to deal with anything, you know, um, as far as, you know, fighting back or anything. So I had to go, but I was asked, I said, well, well, where are we going, you know? And I thought for sure he's taking me to the mental institution. I thought for sure he was taking me to the loony bin because I knew he was tired of me. However, um, I got in the car and we went over to the reverend's house. And I'm like, what are we doing at Rev's house? You know, what's going on? You know, so we went in and Reverend was there and, and my dad was there and it was really dark and rainy that night. And uh, I was sat on the couch and the Reverend came and sat next to me and then my dad sat on the side of me. So I'm like... I am really trying to understand what is getting ready to happen here because I did not have a clue, not a clue. And uh, next thing I know, I, I, I don't know who said it, if it was the reverend or my dad, as these two men, the reverend was bigger than my dad. And there we were, all three of us were sitting on the couch. I was sitting in the center. Red was on the left side, and my dad was on the right side. And, and there was a coffee table in front of us. And like I said, I can't remember who said it. And he said, All I heard was, Your mom died today. And it's like, it's like everything in my mind. I, I couldn't comprehend. I, I didn't. All I know is what was going on in my, my brain was not how my body reacted. You know, my body was able to loose from those two large men, jump over the coffee table, and scream, a blood-curdling scream, when I landed on the other side of the coffee table, on my feet, I didn't fall. I don't even know how I jumped over that coffee table. But I was on my feet, and I was screaming, I turned around and I said, you liars. Liars, why you gotta lie? You know. And they told me, they said it again, they said, Your mother died today. And uh I just basically went into a shutdown mode. 
I was crying and sobbing, and I had no words. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it. How's my mother going to be gone? You know, and they did their, their talking. You know, adults, I was 12 years old. They were talking about who was going to do what. And because the church, she, she was the secretary at the church, the administrator. So she was, that was her. And so, of course, that church was going to host her, 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 uh, funeral. And I said nothing. But I could hear them, and and it was really touch and go because she had remarried years prior, uh, and he was a trucker, and uh, and so they were trying to coordinate things with him and and whatnot, and. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you. This has been the second episode in the first season of Choice. I look forward to talking with you again. Currently, I'm planning on releasing one episode each week. I really appreciate you listening.